You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderland, New York. Now here's Pastor Dan. Sean and I have kind of a long-running joke that when he asks me to preach, it's usually something that, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, one time he asked me, I oh, just preach about Jesus. Like, what? What does that mean? And uh, so this time I think he asked me uh, to preach um, because I had something to learn. We're talking about pride today. So I think he's trying to send me a message that I needed to hear something from God. And I tell you, I did. It was, it was good stuff. Um, when we're talking about pride, I, I can imagine the things that come to your mind. The, we all have that person that we know that's always right, uh, never loses an argument, and is convinced that you know he's just got it going down. And you notice I'm not looking at my family right now, because they're all nodding that they know someone like that. It's my son, Paul. It's not me, right? Yeah, but no, it's me too. Um, we, uh, it's a joke in our family there that we, we have some folks that have some strong opinions. Um, when I was young, I, I definitely, I, I mean, I feel like I'm better now, but you guys can tell me better than I can. I really struggled with that. Um, you know, I, I, I had to, I thought, think about this. I mean, I was right a lot. You know, that happens. I, it just, I was right. And it was, it was, and when I think about the interactions I have with my family and my friends, I was definitely right a lot, okay? And with that comes you get used to being right, and that's a problem, right? You tend to think you can't be wrong, and that kind of, kind of turns ugly in a hurry. Uh, you know, you get in a position where, you know, people get a reputation, and you get, you get bad connections with folks that way. So thinking about all this, uh, just this one particular scene in one particular show came to mind, and I wanted to share that with you. Uh, put the picture up, if you would. You guys got the picture there? There we go. Yeah, that, most people my age will recognize this guy. I don't know if everybody else does. The younger guys, they're going to folks in the crowd. I'll explain. Uh, that's Fonzie from Happy Days, of course. Now, I was thinking about this. Happy Days was made in the 70s. So that's, I'm dating myself, I know. It's made in the 70s. And I, I think I was watching it in reruns, not the original, but I can't remember now. Uh, and it was about something in the 50s. So that, it was made, uh, talking about something 20 years ago. And the perspective I had on that is if this were made today, we'd be talking about something made in the 2000s. And oh boy, did I feel old, right? Talking about stuff in the 2000s, that was just yesterday. What are you talking about 20 years ago? But anyway, that, this, this guy, he was the cool guy in the 50s. Uh, just, it's funny, he was a high school dropout. All this stuff I think now, the, the, the things that he was the cool guy and, and had the motorcycle and the leather jacket and all this, he was a high school dropout. And they all looked up to him. And it's just it's funny how we, we have perspective change over life. But he had this one particular uh, scene where uh, he gave somebody some bad advice. And this was the way he had to talk about it. So play that clip if you would, guys. Don't forget that Fon's real. I mean, it's not important. <laughs> I figured I'd hang in the barracks and cheer up the guys. Well... You're not going to hang these up in any barracks because you're not going to join the Marines. Just take all this stuff home, okay? But Fonzie, not join? I'm all packed. You told me it was the right thing to do. Look, I know what I told you to do, but when I told you to do that, I was... <laughs> Ralph, I was... <laughs> I was not exactly right. What do you mean, not right? I mean, not right. I don't get you. You mean you were wrong? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Malfa. I was what you just said I was just then, yeah. Wrong? The Fonz wrong? Malf, look. <laughs> there is a first time for everything, huh? I don't understand, Fonz. How could you be wrong about a thing like that? Look, I don't understand it myself, Ralph. I don't understand it myself. I was under a lot of pressure. I was under a lot of cars, too. Two of them were Maybe the pressure was getting to me. I don't know. 
No, Fonzie. You might have been under a lot of cars, but you weren't wrong. You were right. Everything you said about me was true. I'm useless around here. I gotta join. Everybody hates me. I'll see you. Mouth. I didn't tell you why I was, uh... Wrong? <laughs> I didn't tell you why you shouldn't join the Marines. Why shouldn't I go, Fonz? I mean, tell me. Because if you join the Marines, I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> so Fonzie had trouble saying he was... Right? And that, you know, and it just cracks me up because a lot of us can't say we're... It's hard. Um, you know, I, I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. You know? So that's an old joke, a dad joke, I guess, for you. So we're going to talk about pride from Proverbs, and uh, there's a lot. It says a lot in there, and I, I needed to kind of get a little focus in, involved. I'm going to come out with both guns blazing because the, the, this is the first point I have is the big deal. It's the big deal. When we're prideful, we are exalting ourselves in a place we need not be, usually above God. And that, that is just such a big deal, guys. Um, I got, uh, he, he got is so offended by this. He, I mean, really offended. I, the, the verses that I'm going to show you from Proverbs should kind of, you know, lay that out here. So put up that first set of verses, please. I'm just going to read them out here. Uh, you guys can check the numbers there. Everyone who is arrogant in his art is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. This one, Sean, uh, you shared with us earlier in this series. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are abomination to him. Haughty eyes was the first one. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. Abomination and hate. These are not mild words. In fact, I couldn't think of anything stronger that wasn't just like a synonym. You know, it's, this is like a serious deal to God when we have this kind of pride. Um, and it's not something to tinker with and to toy with. When your heart is prideful, you have a problem. Capital P. It is a big deal. Um, and I, I was trying to think about why that was such a big deal to God. And then I, I, I'm going to go a little bit out of Proverbs here and there just to kind of draw in some of the ideas. Uh, there's a passage in Isaiah 6 that will be familiar to a lot of us, and I think it really explains why God is so bothered by pride. Uh, so Isaiah, if you put that out there. Um, How are you fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn? How are you cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low? You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. That's God talking about Satan. It's generally understood to be God talking about Satan. If that doesn't explain to you why God hates pride, I don't know what will. Right? His day star, his most beautiful creation turned on him and said, I will be like you, I will be above you. And oh boy, that, now, we're people that have imperfections, most of us, and uh, we, we, we know that we have to get along with each other, but still, we get rubbed when people kind of put themselves in places they shouldn't be. We've all, we've all had that feeling, I am sure, of who does that person think they are to talk to me like that, right? That's certainly been something that's gone through your mind. And even if that hasn't happened to you, liar, liar, pants on fire, if that hasn't happened to you, um, the, you've certainly watched that happen. How dare that person talk to him or her like that, right? We've all experienced that. And that brings a lot of negative, I, I, I get angry, right? And, and you know, to, to quote another old TV show, bang, zoom, right to the moon, that's how you feel, right? You're gonna take care of this business and, and put those people in their place. And, and imagine being the perfect God of the universe and having this happen. 
oh my goodness, the, the abomination, rage, and fury that must be coming, and yet Satan's still around, right? God tolerate, he's tolerating that. He even he tolerated it at the time. He's even tolerating it now. And that made me wonder what why? Why is why didn't he just take care of business, right? Um, you know, if I was God, which I'm thankful we are, you're I'm not, you're thankful I'm not, I think the whole universe is thankful I'm not. I mean, we all should feel that way, right? But if I were, I would have taken care of it right there. But it, it occurred to me then, why didn't God do that? If it's such an abomination to him, and if he hates it so much, why didn't he do that? And then another verse came to mind as to why he didn't do that. And, and I want to share that with you to help you kind of think about how God's thinking about all this stuff when he looks at prideful people, knowing that he hates it. It's an abomination, and he's going to punish it, right? And Second Peter, if you would put that one up, please. I think it's there. I'll just read it to you. Uh, 2 Peter 3.8 says this, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, his uncount slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So Satan's going to get his, right? We know that. that that's uh, pretty clear from Scripture. He has an eternity of hell coming his way. Right? That, that's something we don't talk, a lot, talk about a lot, but it's reality. If you, if you read the scripture, this is not going to end well for him. Um, and the reality is that any unrepentant sinner has that facing them. Prideful, whatever other sin they have, that's what's coming. Um, and it's pretty clear that from these passages and, and others in Proverbs and other places in the, the scripture, pride's going to be hit pretty hard. Right? That, that is a major deal for God. But he's holding off. He's holding off for us, Right? If he had taken care of that at the time, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Jesus right now, right? All the people throughout history that have surrendered to Christ, all the people that hopefully will in the future, God's holding off for them. He's having that mercy. Um, and, and even though he, you know, he, he's, he's going to punish, he's going to punish that sin. And I have trouble sometimes thinking about how uh, he's going to punish one sin worse than another. That doesn't seem to really be uh, clear to me. Uh, you know, the, the thing that Dante did with the seven circles of hell, he was just making stuff up, right? There's no, no basis to that other than his imagination. Uh, and in the same way, it's hard for me to think about how uh, we'll have rewards in heaven that are different from each other and, and kind of different levels of things. But both of those are kind of supported in Scripture. It's hard, to, it's hard to comprehend that, right? Like, perfectly at peace with God is perfectly at peace with God. How, how much better can it get? I, I, don't, I have trouble thinking about that. And on the, other, on the flip side of that, you know, hell is hell. A separation from God, no, no respite, no relief from any sort of badness that there is in life, and, and whatever punishment comes with that, too. How much worse can it get than that, right? But uh, there are scriptures that support some sort of, this is worse than that, or this is better than that kind of thing. And I, it just made me realize that we just don't know anything about that, and we ought to admit that to ourselves, that trying to figure that out is, is really going to break your brain. I have a mathematical example. Oh, boy, here we go. This guy, the math teacher, going to bring the math example. All right? But anyway, I think it is helpful to, to, to consider. Um, if you think about the idea of infinity, who can think of that, right? I know. But you know, everybody kind of gets the generality. You start counting at one, and you keep going. Well, you can get a little bigger. If I get to a million, I can do a million and one. Then we eventually get to a billion and so on, trillions. And you get to Google. You know, that's not a website. That's actually a number. They took the name from it. It's 10 to the 100th power. And then a Googleplex is that number to the hundredth power. So there's names for really big numbers that nobody cares about, I understand. But you know, Google stole that, just so you know. Um, but you can always add one to that, right? So it's an infinity. It's just I don't get it. It goes forever. 
Well, with infinite sets of numbers, they actually have different sizes. No, they can't, they're infinity, right? Well, think about this, start counting from one, you get whatever, how many numbers there are, we can't count them, right? Well, if you count just the even numbers, there's still infinity, right? But there's clearly less because you're not using the odd numbers. My brain just broke, don't do that to me, right? But see, that's, that's, how, that's what should happen to you when you try to think about stuff like heaven. Your brain should break. You shouldn't think you can understand it because it's infinitely stuff that God's going to do. So when we start to get into those things, you've got to be careful. What, what I think we all can agree on, though, from these scriptures is that pridefulness is going to end very badly in eternity. Right? Can we at least agree on that one? Uh, that's pretty simple. It is not going to go well for you if you have, have a prideful heart. God does not take it kindly, and it is going to come to roost. Okay? And that, I, I don't know if I really need to say anything else. I'm going to, but you know, that really kind of says it all, right? It, 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 what else is there to say than God's going to take care of business at the end if you keep your prideful heart? Just You, you need to know that he is not, not at all forgiving of that. He's just patient so that people can come to know him. So that brings me to my second point. We're in agreement that pride is a bad thing. God is going to take care of it, okay? So the second point, though, and I think it's going to be more um, probably practically useful for us, is that pride impacts our human interactions and all the earthly things that we do. Any, any sort of uh, things that we do have consequences when we're prideful. When I, when I started to write this one out, I wanted to talk about it just impacts our relationships, but it's more than that. It definitely does, and that's going to be part of our human reaction or human uh, interactions. But it, just the stuff that happens in life is, in our, is affected by this. So let me read you some proverbs from that. If you'd put that slide up, please. Uh, I've got a few verses from Proverbs that talks about it, about how things go when you're prideful. Uh, pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's probably the most famous of them. Everybody, people who aren't Bible knowledgeable know that one. That's a common phrase that's been taken into our, our society. And then when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. By insolence comes nothing but strife, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Boy, ain't that the truth, right? That's a good one. Um, so you look at those words. Destruction, falling, disgrace, house torn down, strife, no hope. I'm not feeling good about that, right? That's not something I want to have to cope with as, as I'm living through life. Not a good description of things. And I, I want to make sure we don't over-spiritualize here. Um, we can have a tendency when we read uh, Scripture to you know, think about how this affects us for eternity. But remember, these Proverbs are advice from a father to a son about how to live in this world for God. That's what, that's what they're about. And those consequences that come are both eternal and earthly. It, it has impact on both. We already, we already covered the eternal part. God's going to get you. Right? That's how that rolls. But it impacts long term uh, how, you, how you interact with each other, how your life goes on, on earth. And that matters to God. If it didn't matter, he'd take us now. Right? He, we're here for a reason. We're here to, to do what he has us to do. So when you're proud, how does it impact things? Okay, well, you tend not to listen to people. Right? That's a lot of what we see here. You're going to make mistakes that possibly could have been avoided, right? Because you might have listened to somebody else. Um, you're looking for trouble, we see. People who are wise in their own eyes or just going about their business and they're looking for trouble. And, uh, you know, things quickly go off the rails for, for that. When you, when you live that way for a long stretch, you, you're not going to end up in a good place. Life can fall apart. Um, now, we know, again, to talk about the spiritualization of things, we know that, as I mentioned earlier, a life of unrepentant sin leads to eternity in hell. 
Okay, that is indeed more important than anything anyone does here. Uh, don't get me wrong. That is uh, by far more important, your eternal soul, than what you do here. But we're here, okay? And uh, honestly, those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus really oughtn't worry about that, right? Because our lives are secure in him eternally. And we don't have to uh, try to please him to make sure we stay in that eternal security. So when, when we know that God, um, Jesus' blood, uh, I think Sean referenced it uh, last week, or within the last couple of weeks, it, it, he sees us as right. We're just not right yet. He's going to make us right as we go. Uh, we have that security, and we don't need to try to uh, do things so that we keep that security. Uh, these things that Solomon was talking about here, these things were given us very much for the here and now, how to live, right? Amongst the world, truly, guys, amongst each other, right? How to, how to treat your brothers and sisters, right, if nothing else, and in a way that pleases God, builds up our brothers and sisters, and it shines the light of God's love and glory into the world, right? That, that's some of our purposes here uh, as we're living this life. Uh, so when we see these admonitions in Proverbs, we can't dismiss their earthly implications. They, they have impact on how we, how we do what God wants us to do. Um, it's really simple if you, if, you, if you want to put it into some basic ideas here. When we have that arrogant, haughty, proud spirit that these passages refer to, it, we all recognize that. We, we, you, you don't need definitions of those words. We know how that feels when people are like that around us. Okay? In fact, you're probably picturing that guy or that girl right now that's like that. Um, you know, we, we know how annoyed we get with that person when they, be, when they behave that way. Guess what? Nobody else likes that either. Right? When, when you're like that, they don't like it. So think about that. When you know that person that's that annoying, know-it-all, doesn't want to be wrong, that could be you too. In fact, if you don't know that person, it probably is you, right? That, that's probably what's going on. So, you know, take heed to that, that that is a problem for people that when you behave that way. Um, our brothers and sisters, I, truly, it's for the whole world, but there's a different nuance to that, right? Our brothers and sisters are bothered by that stuff, but they probably have enough grace to overlook it a lot of times, hopefully, right? We, we get along differently with each other than we might with other people because we know we're in the same family. I mean, truly, you do that. You give your family a different treatment than you do people you don't know, right? You'll cut them a break or not, however it works. But, you know, there, there's differences there. So in, in the family of God, we tend to be a little bit more gracious to each other, hopefully, right? But guys, the world is absolutely looking for any chance to point fingers at Christians, right? They're looking for any chance to say, look, at this This guy says he's a Christian, he's a jerk, right? They could be correct, <laughs> you know, it could be correct. You don't want to give them that opportunity. So, you know, know that, that the way that we have um, our interactions with each other, when that pride comes out, it's going to cause trouble, and it's not something you want to do, okay? Um, and this spirit can really mess up relationships with each other. I do want to talk about that, the way we interact with each other. Um, and, and lots of times, this is a small thing. It doesn't have to be the guy that's always right or wrong. It could be just that one event where you will refuse to be wrong, okay? Whatever. It doesn't need to be a lot of stuff, but it can really grow into an issue over time. Like just in a in a similar sense, you know how oysters make pearls, right? They get a little irritant inside of them, and then they coat it with I think it's calcium carbonate, and eventually it turns into a beautiful little pearl. Okay, they're they're protecting themselves from that irritant is what they're doing, um, and and that's a great thing. However, you know that's the pretty version. With people, it's a little different, right? When we get an irritant in our eye, you get a little tear, maybe, right? You get an irritant in your throat or in your lungs, a little bit of phlegm. Get an irritant in your nose. I'm not going there, right? But you know what I'm saying, okay? We don't we don't make pearls like oysters do, okay? And and it, actually, I think about it now, ladies. The pearl jewelry you're wearing, that could be considered maybe an oyster. 
I don't know, right, whatever. However you want to look at that. Why am I rambling about this stuff? I don't know. I, I, I do have a point. Okay, let me get that point. Um, when an oyster gets irritated, it makes a pearl, right? It makes something nice. Human beings don't. When we get irritated, we make stuff that's gross, right? And the human spirit is, spirit is the same way. When we get irritated, we're not going to produce joy and laughter and smiling. We're going to get grumpy, and we're going to get annoyed, and we're going to get bitter, and it's going to turn into stuff that we don't want. And people shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't be that way. But you know what? That irritant has responsibility. When the person irritates somebody with their prideful behavior, that's on them too, right? And we just, you, you got to not give people the opportunity to make human oyster pearl stuff, right? You want to you wanna give them the opportunity to react well. Our, our, that pride and arrogance in other people's hearts, that is almost assuredly going to cause trouble in someone else's heart. Almost assuredly, right? So do your part not to do that, I guess is what I'm saying. The, the purpose we need to be together is to build each other up. Brothers and sisters never should get to the point where they're so irritated that they're building up calluses and not wanting to deal with each other, right? Building up the pearls that push people away. We shouldn't get that way. And people shouldn't cause that event, okay? So we want to make sure that, that we're encouraging each other, building each other up. That's the function of the, the church. And the world, right, they're itching for us to do stuff that lets them get to point fingers. You, you really do need to consider that as you're... you're behaving in the way you behave. And guys, this is, for many people, it, it was for me, for sure, this is ingrained in us from youth, right? This may be a hard habit to break. Not maybe, it is a hard habit to break. It may be for you that it's been so long that you've even thought about this stuff. That it may really be a challenge for you. The Holy Spirit can help you through that, right? It's not something you can do on your own. You got to be able to to let him work and change you. That's, you know, we talk about life change here, that we, we try to get people to see their lives change through knowing and following Jesus Christ. Well, this is one of those things that needs to change. And the Spirit's what's going to do it. You're not going to do it yourself. But you got to be aware anyway. you got to be self-aware enough of that. So let me get to my last point, okay? How do you do that, right? So how, how, how then do we live? How does this work, right? The word the Bible uses is humility. And that would be like the noun form. I thought I was a math teacher, not an English teacher. It, it still makes sense. The noun form is humility. It's what you have. You have humility. The adjective form is humble. You are humble, right? So either one of those words works, however your brain thinks of that stuff. Um, but those are the, the things with, that need to be cultivated in our lives. Instead of cultivating junk, cultivate a pearl, right? Humility and humbleness is a, is a pearl. What does that mean? Okay, so let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It's a story from my college days. I, this is absolutely true. I wish I had a recording. I was in my Christian groups. Uh, it was actually Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now called Crew. We have several folks here that have been involved with that. And it was just, uh, we didn't have any like on-campus leaders. It was just students running it. And the guy that led it was a really good guy. I really liked him. He really helped me. I, I became a Christian in college. He really helped me to, to learn what it meant to grow as a Christian. But we were sitting in, I think it was in my dorm room, actually. Six or eight of us were just sitting around. I think we, we had just finished up a Bible study. And we were just chatting. And the, I think Bible study was something along the lines about humility. And this guy comes out with this. I kid you not, I think I'm the humblest guy in the room. And he was, he was dead serious. And we all just went, I don't think that means what you think it means, right? It just, no, that's the opposite of what you just said. So that's not humility, right? That's not humility. Um, and we've all seen that, that false humility, right? That, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it was nothing. It was nothing. Oh, this, this thing? No, no, not me. Oh, right? We've seen that fakeness, and that's not, that's not humility either. So what is humility? What, what is the reality of what the Bible says about it? And what does it cause in our lives? So again, let's look at some Proverbs. 
the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. So that's what you get out of it, right? Here's what it is, I think. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Um, you know, I've heard the... Uh, I've heard the definition of humility to be something along this line is, is thinking of others higher, higher than yourself, and I think there's merit to that. That's, that's a good way to approach it. I did once hear someone respond to that, thinking of others higher than yourself. The, this was uh, something. Well, it's not that. It's, it's not thinking of yourself at all. Well, okay, but that's not real, right? That's a profound statement, and you're, you're impressing us with your cleverness, but that ain't real, boss. Right? You can't not think of yourself. It's never going to happen. So I don't, I don't think that's a, a really accurate statement. I think, again, coming from a different part of Scripture, uh, Paul has what I think is the perfect definition of humility, so I'm going to share that with you. It's in Romans 12, 3. For the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I think humility is thinking of yourself at the appropriate point and, and level, like where you're at in life. Uh, um, we don't want to sell ourselves too short, right? We also don't want to puff ourselves up. Be who you are. Be real, right? Don't don't uh, act like you're more than you are, and don't act like you can't do anything either. We all have gifts from God. We all have things that God has us to do in life, right? Uh, the example I thought of this was uh, like LeBron James. So if LeBron James walked in here and we were going to play basketball, and and he said, uh, you know, oh, I'm not very good. Don't you know? I don't. I'm no. Don't pick me. That'd be stupid, right? It, no, we'd all want to pick him if we knew who he was. Right? What he should say is something along the lines of, yeah, I'm pretty good. I think you probably should pick me first. And we'd go, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's go play. Right? Everybody, nobody would argue with that. Um, it, it, it's not, that, that, that's the kind of thing. You put yourself in your spot. Um, now, on the other hand, if LeBron James comes in and starts talking about things that he doesn't know anything about, he probably should stay in his lane. You know, right? People need to know who they are and where they're at. Like, for example, I don't think you want me doing this right now coming here and, and singing for Sally, because that ain't going to work out. Well, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I should stay in my lane, right? I know that. But I can come up here and talk to you guys. I can take care of our finance. I can do what I can do, right? And I, I'm not going to debate that, right? I'm not going to tell you, oh, no, not me. I can do it. So, okay, right? So humility is putting yourself in a place where you ought to be, and then considering other people and making sure they get taken care of, right? You can't not think about yourself, that's just silly. So things like thinking too highly of yourself or thinking more of yourself are a problem, obviously. Most people, that's their issue in this, right? Not the thinking too lowly of themselves, but you know, if you have an accurate understanding of who you are and, and where you ought to be, it's much easier to have that proper relationship with each other. Um, selling yourself short's not a good idea. I heard a really good Example: A friend of mine talked about this when he was talking about like people's attitudes towards others and, and kind of how you could see where they were on a on a humility sort of thought, right? Some kind of people walk into a room and say, "Here I am," and other people walk into the room and say, "Oh, there you are," and then talk to you, right? That, that it's, I thought that was a really good example of of how you uh, considered others, right? If if you are the center of attention, then you ought to consider your pride and humility level all the time, right? If you are always looking after others, that's probably better. And there's a mix in there. Sometimes you need to have people paying attention to what you're doing. So it's not a cut and dry thing, right? It's not a cut and dry thing. But overall, really considering others more highly than yourselves is a really good measuring stick of what humility means, right? And again, as we see this, we see in verse 22 there, 
uh, there's the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor in life. Um, you know, we, we want to be careful. We, we can see the rewards, but God's not a quid pro quo kind of transactional guy. You know, God, not guy. Uh, but he's talking about the consequences and living in a way that, that honors him. It blesses his people and shines his light into the world. I really think if we consider our purpose here, those three things are, are pretty they're broadly explaining it, right? Honor him, take care of his people, and then shine his light to the world. If that's the way we're living, um, these things are going to come in theory, right? God's going to bless us that way. Uh, the, we don't want to over-spiritualize this to say it's only eternal life. In fact, I think that's dangerous if you do that. If you talk about, I'm living in humility, so my reward is eternal life, you're starting to earn your salvation, if not straight up earning it, right? The, if, if we only have eternal consequences to our behavior, then real quickly it turns into our behavior gets us eternity. And that is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we receive God's grace because we were bad sinners that didn't like God and were prideful, and he fixed us, right? Um, that, that's an important thing here. So I think the main thing we want to draw out of the idea of being rewarded is that God favors and blesses the humble heart, right? If your heart is humble, he's going to favor that, and, and he's going to bless you through that. Now, it might not be material. It certainly might not be. In fact, that isn't even necessarily guaranteed, the riches and honor in life. The, the, there's all kinds of things there. Um, but it, it is not something that we should... Uh, Ignore the fact that he's going to give us favor in his eyes if we live his way. It's not a, not a guarantee for prosperity and health, right? We've talked about that regularly. There's no, no way God's not transactional. He's not uh, give and take. In fact, you probably go tra crazy trying to figure out how he's doing that if you, if you think that's the way it is. I, I thought about, you know, people that try to, to, you know, time the stock market and work that. They, they, they never win. They always lose, right? You're trying to get in and get out at the right time. I guess there's some people that make it, but majority of people are going to fail at that. Don't try to gain God's system, right? Don't try to do this so you get that. That's not the way he rolls. In fact, that's a bad idea. Um, here's the thing. Just do the right thing with the right attitude, right? That's all he's asking for. Do what he asks you to do. Do it with a humble heart, and that's where you're supposed to be, and he's going to take care of the rest of it. We've got to trust him. That's, that's where our faith in him comes in. We're going to trust him, and he's going to take care of us. And he's going to do the best for us, and we don't always know the best. That's one of the things there, right? We, always, we think we do, but we don't. Um, so the, the idea of humility is, is kind of nebulous sometimes. I want to go to the New Testament. There's a couple of places there that Jesus told a really clear story of, of what he expects in this kind of thing. And I, and I want to talk about that. So we're going to look at Luke for a second. This is a little bit of a longer passage. I'm just going to read it because I think it tells itself. Um, in Luke 14, it says, Now Jesus told a parable to those who were invited. They were at a dinner. Okay? And I think this parable was pointed, kind of like I think Sean asked me to preach about pride in a pointed way. He didn't, I just, but you know, I, I had something to learn. I think Jesus told this parable because I think he had something to learn. Or the people had something to learn. They were at a dinner and he said, now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher, and then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Right? Let other people, it said in the Proverbs earlier, let other people put you where you belong in terms of, you know, compliments and being praised for what you're doing. Just, you know, let, let other people notice you. Just, you just do your thing. 
go to the lowest place and do your thing, right? That, that's a big thing. James actually said this with a whole lot less detail. In James 4, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. If you didn't understand the parable, I hope you understand that one, right? That's pretty straightforward. Humble yourself and he will exalt you. Uh, and I want to finish up. This, I think, when we think about humility and try to figure it out, we have 100% the best example of humility in Scripture. Our Lord Jesus Christ was 100%. And I read you out of Philippians how you can know, okay? How you can know what humbleness means. Philippians, if you put up Philippians for me, please, Philippians 2. There we go. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God to be a thing to be grasped, but emptied, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and, on the, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Our king did that, right? If our king can leave heaven, which we've talked about today is pretty good for us, and not just leave, but humble himself to his father so that his father could execute him for us, how can we be prideful with each other? Right? How can we take that attitude? So next time you feel like that prideful thing coming on, consider your king. He, he just he said, okay, dad, do it. Got to be done, and we're going to take all these people with us to heaven. Right? Consider that. Instead of feeling like you need to be in charge, be right, whatever it is. Shut your pie hole. Right? Just be nice. Let the pride go. Right? Consider your king and follow him in humble obedience. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that first for myself that I can hear this, but also for all in the room, that the Spirit would just touch our hearts and help us to be humble like you were, Jesus, and be able to um, just serve you and bring glory to you, Lord, and, and let you worry about the, the details and the consequences. Father, as, as we go through life, it is so hard to put down our sinfulness and our pride, and we just pray that you would help us to put off the old self and put on the new. You told us that you would do that for us, so we're just asking that you do what you said, and we trust that you will. Lord, as we go forward from here, we pray that you would uh, bring us peace with each other, bring us joy, and just know that you are in charge. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, as we, Dan's going to play here, if you have a um, need to respond to God in some way, don't feel like you have to stand up. Certainly feel that you can sit and pray. If you have something you'd like the pastors to pray for or talk to you about, you can use a Connect card and just write on the back of it, you know, what you'd like to talk to us about, but only, only the pastors see those. So uh, if, if there's something you'd like to talk about, let us know and uh, just respond to God here today. This is a hard thing to hear, right? If, you're, if this hits you, it's because you needed it, honestly. We all do. This is something we can't escape. So uh, I just ask that you respond to him.